This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, feline friends. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude. Your host with a cold, I should say, on Catitude. So there's nothing wrong with your listening device. It's me. Hopefully not for long, but thanks for bearing with me. Today, I have a guest that's going to answer some questions that I've always wondered. So I wonder as a cat mom, and you know, for all the cat dads out there too, am I doing the right thing with my cat all the time? And how can I understand her or him a little better, especially when it comes to, you know, is she having a little hissy fit or is she really sick? You know, whether I should get her vaccinated for something or is it just one more thing that the vet wants me to do? You know, just to understand that. And my guest, not only is he's a veterinarian and he's an author as well, and he's just written an amazing new book. Stay right with me. We'll be right back. Hi, it's me again, Michelle Fern, host of Catitude. You know what I love? My cats. I love how Molly jumps on the back of my chair when I'm working at my desk. You know what I don't love? Cleaning up Molly's litter box, which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It's 100% dust-free, free of heavy perfumes, and it helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to introduce Dr. Gary Weitzman. He is a National Geographic author of four books. He's a veterinarian with decades of experience, although he doesn't look like he has decades of experience. He is the president and CEO of the San Diego Humane Society. Welcome, Dr. Gary Weitzman. Thank you, Michelle. Good to talk to you. Well, I'm so excited to have you on, and I'm just thrilled because some of these things, as a, you know, a pet parent, go through your mind. And I know that your latest book is called National Geographic Brand, and it's the complete guide to pet health, behavior, and happiness. And it's for both dogs and cats, right? That's right. And some birds, rabbits, pocket pets. But mostly dogs and cats. I think that's probably pretty safe to say. Okay. And then you have a separate book. You have another book that's just about for cats, right? Your guide to cats. Yeah. You know, National Geographic obviously has a big interest in the animal world. And I think recognizing that there's so many animal lovers out there, they keep doing these, which is great. And I got hooked up with them maybe about seven or eight years ago. And the first couple were, uh, one was How to Speak Dog. And the second one was How to Speak Cat, which was, those were great fun. 
And this one that you're, we're talking about today, the complete guide to pet health behavior and, and happiness, it's definitely the tome. It's the, the biggest one I've done with them. Um, huge labor of love. It took about four years from the first discussions to actually getting it published last month. But I'm, I'm really, you know, happy with how it came out and I hope it helps a few people with their animals. Well, I'm excited about it and I'm sure many people are because the more we understand are for kids, the better pet parent we are and the better both of our lives are, you know, it's better all around. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that was the real motivation for the book that all these years I talked to people about their animals and the questions that most people have, they're very similar. And it always struck me, why don't people know as much as they do about their human children when something happens, a health issue, as when it happens with a pet? It seems like there's got to be a way to help with some of that mystery so that people can be better partners with their veterinarians. Yep. And that says it well, because you should. I mean, like your children, you have, yeah. you know, I guess there's Dr. Spock, right? Is Dr. Spock still? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I have fur kids and my, my kids are grown, so I don't even know what, you know. But it's true, though. You should know some of the basics. You should know when right. you have to freak out and you should know when you're like, you know, emergency room, middle of the night, 24-hour animal hospital. And then you should know right. when, okay, it's not a big deal. Don't worry. You're going to be okay with it. So that's what... Sure. And it's really hard to tell people it's not a big deal when it sometimes can be a big deal, but at least you have the tools to make that decision. Like with your with a child, you would know, okay, maybe I could use some children's Tylenol, which never using cats, of course. But um, with a kid, there are a few things. You can just go to the you know pharmacy and you can get what you need for a cold overnight and don't have to rush into the hospital necessarily. But but it's it's just the tools to help people make the right decisions. Give us an idea. How can you identify with your cat if it's, and cats are hard because they don't communicate as well as dogs do. And I'm not talking barking versus meowing. They just don't show you as much when they have an an illness. Yeah. Like dogs do. Dogs communicate more by letting you know. Cats keep it a little mystery. So how can you, and I had had my own situation with this that was scary with Mr. Dennis, but how can we identify whether it's an emergency versus some, you know, common illness that it's it's okay, we'll go to the vet on Monday versus emergency room, you know, emergency ho- animal hospital right now? Sure. You bring up a really good point. Cats are mysterious. And even those of us who love them, have an affinity for them, uh, have them as major parts of our lives, sometimes don't know what they're trying to say. And they're very protective of any kind of pain, illness, anything that would make them vulnerable, they're completely stoic about it. So it is, you're right, it's different than dogs. Dogs, you know, are very, they they often wear their emotions on their sleeves and cats do not. So it's a really good question. There's a couple things that I would say that are big tip-offs for people. The first thing is, well, before I even say that, if you don't mind, the first thing I would say is there is not another living soul in the world that knows your cat like you do. So trust your gut. If you think something's off with your cat, 
make an appointment to go see your vet. I mean, hopefully it won't be something that happens overnight. That's a really quick thing that you have to go to an emergency clinic. But if you feel like something's not quite right, he looks funny or she doesn't eat anymore her dinner like she used to, or she's drinking a lot of water. Those are things you should actually pay attention to. So I would say one, trust your gut. The second thing is there's some really common things that happen with cats. And those are the ones that actually, hopefully you can make an appointment during a reasonable time of day to go and get your your cat checked out. But the things overnight are the scary ones when you don't really have anybody around to ask questions. And the safest thing you can do is go to your emergency hospital, the nearest one that you've got. So having said those two things, trust your gut. And if you really don't feel right about what you're seeing on a weekend, Michelle, why is it always like um, two o'clock in the morning on a Sunday? That's when it usually happens. Yeah. But if you're in, yeah, it never fails. It's never like Monday at, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon. So if you think something might be wrong and you just aren't sure, it's always safest just go to an emergency clinic and, and get it checked out. But um, trust your own gut about how you feel your animal's doing, whether it's a dog, cat, or chinchilla, or anything. Are there any signs that you can look for that, you know, I've always heard it, you know, eating and pooping, you know, if they're, well, and cats use litter boxes, so it's a little hard, but if they're, you know, eating okay, then that's a good sign. And if Uh they're, you know, doing their business in the litter box, then that's a good sign too. Yeah. Those are really good basics. No question. The first thing a cat will do usually when he or she's not feeling well is to stop eating. It's hard enough sometimes to get healthy cats to eat, (laughs) never mind when they're not feeling well. So that's number one. You're absolutely right. Not eating the way they normally do is a really good tip off. The second thing, and it's easier actually on cats sometimes than dogs because they do use litter box to look at the output, if you want to put it that way. And as long as it's normal. (laughs) Yeah, or we can, you know, call it what it is, but look at that. Um, it's a diarrhea, constipation. Those are the things that are really common with cats, and they're very much an indication of how healthy your animal is. So you're right. Those are the two, two main ones. The other things to look at are some kind of basics, like always know what a normal temperature is. And, yeah, sure, you might not be able to get a thermometer in there, you know, if you're worried about your cat. You never know. Some cats don't mind that at all using a digital thermometer. So know that a normal temperature is anywhere between 100 and, you know, let's just say 100.8 or even 101. And cats can run a little bit high. So if you're really worrying about your cat and want to know if she has temperature, you could take the temperature. Um, you can also use an ear thermometer. Sometimes they're not great. They don't work terrific in animals yet, but they can give you an idea. You can also use your hand, you know, and feel, is your cat warm? Is she warmer than she normally is? The nose thing is kind of not really reliable, you know, how dry an animal's nose is. Um, Animals that are really healthy often lick their noses, so their noses are moist, and those are mucous membranes anyway around the nose, but you can't really tell from how dry or or moist a nose is. But there's some basics. I mean, even the look in the eyes, the brightness, I think you know what I'm talking about, right? You can see it. You can see if your animal looks depressed. So those are some of the basic things, and obviously activity level. Now, Cats are, you know, they're famous sleepers, but you know your cat. So <laughs> if if he's not, you know, following you into the kitchen for food, you know, there's something that's not right. Everything that I just mentioned should lead to a phone call to make an appointment at your vet. But if you're in the middle of the night when these things are happening and your kitty doesn't look 
comfortable at all, then you should obviously go to an emergency hospital just to make sure. What we want to avoid is for people to have to do that if there's something that can be treated in, you know, in a normal course of a, a physical exam at your regular hours with your veterinarian. But if you're worried, I never want to discourage people from going in. Yeah. Sometimes it's just worth it to just, you know, and, uh, I, yeah. I have a zoo, so, you know, five cats and, and oh, you do? two dogs. So, yeah. What, what's, okay. your, what's your zoo like? Do you have a, a big room? Oh, or? sad question. I have um, all my cats are at the shelter. They're my shelter cats because I had a German Shepherd, and that's why it's kind of sad, He who I lost last week, oh, who was so not a fan of cats. So he wasn't really a fan of dogs either, to, to tell you the truth. But he was he was my boy. He was definitely my love. But um, those are my animals now. About a thousand animals a day in San Diego Humane Society keep me well covered with fur and some reptiles. But um, my two dogs now, my one dog is, is what I've got at home. Well, that's, yeah, that's, uh, I have a zoo and I have had that middle of the night scare, but it was with, um, one yeah. of their dogs and it was vestibular old dog disease, which I've heard oh, strikes yeah. at night. And since this is catitude, we won't get into that, mm-hmm. but I we don't won't. know if there's anything, is there anything like that for cats? Yeah, actually, that's a really good question too. We don't recognize necessarily vestibular disease as a common thing to happen to cats, but it can. More often, though, you may get a full-blown seizure in a cat. So cats can develop epilepsy. They can certainly have neurological diseases. Those things happening are different than old dog vestibular, which is more of a, it's a, it's a jarring thing to have happen to you and your dog. And I had it with mine uh, a few times. With cats, it really is a more profound neurologic episode. So they can have a full-blown seizure, but they can also have muscle twitching and that can persist too. And those kinds of things are really important. Whenever you see something neurological, this is a really good black and white answer. Go to the emergency clinic or go to your vet. Anything neurological in your cat, go to your vet. Even if it's a a seizure which resolves, you should go to your vet right then and there just to make sure that it's not going to recur. Because those are the worries that it actually can keep happening. Great points. Great points. Thank you. We're going to take a short break and we're going to be back with a couple more questions for Dr. Gary Weitzman. Don't move. We'll be right back. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Dr. Gary Weitzman, and he is National Geographic author, he's a veterinarian, he's the president and CEO of the San Diego Humane Society, and he knows a lot about cats, and he's given us some great information. So, Gary, what about, I want to ask you two more things. One is, 
What is it with all these vaccines? Because I've been very lucky to have good vets. I had one bad vet and I actually changed vets because I wasn't comfortable. But I've had good vets and I know that they'll always mention you can get this vaccine, that vaccine, that vaccine, but you really need this one. So what's what do you do? as a pet parent, as a cat parent. What's the scoop about vaccines? Yeah, really important thing too. Vaccines are way different um, in, in duration, we understand now, and what's really needed. So I would say the first thing to do is actually to make sure that you have a good partnership with your vet. And that would be the ability to have a, a full discussion on what your particular cat needs in the environment that you keep them. So an indoor cat really needs the distemper vaccine. That's really all your cat truly needs. By law, cats should have a rabies vaccine as well. But frankly, there's little chance of an indoor cat getting involved with a rabid animal unless you happen to have the bat fly into your home or a raccoon come in in those raccoon indigenous rabies areas. But generally speaking, distemper is the only one that you need for an indoor cat. And it should be given once um, the series is done as a kitten at one year and then every three years thereafter. Again, by law, you have to do rabies, so that will be a discussion to have with your veterinarian. Outdoor cats, whole different story. You do need to have them vaccinated for leukemia, but that should really only be once every three years as well. And I would definitely talk to your vet about the safest form of the leukemia vaccine if you have an outdoor cat and the frequency to give it because we know there's a link with that vaccine and possibly um, vaccine-associated sarcomas in cats. And don't want to get anywhere near having that happen to your own cat. No, you don't. I've heard some horrible stories about that. So that's great information to know. And I've always heard that, too, that if you have an indoor cat, you don't need as much. But outdoors, they're so so susceptible to so many more possibilities of disease. Yeah, and injury and getting lost, it's the hardest thing. But we all know, having cats, that you don't always get to make that decision to keep your cat indoors. Sometimes your cat makes that decision for you. (laughs) Well, my crew has a patio that's huge, and they get to be outdoors, but they're safe. So uh, best thing in the world. That's yeah, excellent. That's yeah. They're that's lucky, excellent. and we we live where it's nice and warm, too warm. So they get to be outdoors most of in their patio. That's as far as I go. Oh, they are lucky. <laughs> Would you like a few more from San Diego Humane Society? <laughs> yeah, I know it's season, kitten season now. <laughs> I, I actually just had a show about that. It's kitten season, and you know I've had done shows on that. That's how I got to my crew. And the mom, and that was interesting, trying to catch her and get her fixed. I had to hire a cat catcher, but catnapper, cat catcher, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But that was... Yeah, that's hard. So, Gary, what about, this is a hard one, and I have one cat that's huge, and I don't know, she gets fed the same, even less than the other cats, but how can I help her to lose weight, and how can I do a better job of navigating through the pet food you know, aisle and all the different treats and stuff like that? What what should I look yeah. for? Certain ones better it's, than others? or? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure, it sure is. But cats being cats, sometimes you don't even get to make the decision what they're going to eat because they can be very fussy about what they eat. But we are a nation of, unfortunately, obesity in humans and in our pets as well, dogs and cats. 
for cats who may not get as much actual exercise as dogs do, they can't go to the park, they're not outside hunting and doing all the things they want to do, we have to be really aware of what they eat because they're going to put on those pounds. And we know that there's a large percentage of cats in this country that are overweight. So here's the funny thing. It's all about metabolism. No surprise. Just like in humans, like you said, one of your cats is overweight, but he or she um, eats the same as the other cats. It is truly metabolism. But knowing that, you should tailor what you feed. Um, And that's what we all should be doing. In cats, it's really hard for them to lose weight. I wish there was Weight Watchers for cats, but there's nothing like that. But it's interesting that they actually lose more weight having a lower carbohydrate diet, which is what I think used to be called the South Beach diet for people and the Atkins diet. And some people make jokes that it's the Catkins diet if you feed cats a proper low carbohydrate diet. But they tend to lose weight really quickly on a lower carbohydrate diet rather than a high fiber diet. So I would say if you have a cat that really needs to lose some weight and use the visual scales and that you can you can see them online, the most well used one is the Purina scale and you look at the cat's body from the side and from above like bird's eye and it's a scale of one to five and you can, and there's another scale that's one to 10 and you can see where perfect is and then go take a look at your own cat. And see if you see that curve in from the from the ribcage to the abdomen. And if your cat looks like he's overweight, that's something you might be able to work with on yourself. But if your cat is truly obese, talk to your vet and get a veterinary prescribed diet. And yeah, they're more expensive. And what can you do? They're also really premium diets. And it doesn't have to be forever, just for maybe six months to lose some weight slowly and reasonably for your cat. But they tend to be low-carbohydrate diets, and that's really the key with cats. So it's basically getting something like, and I'm not going to mention the names, but whatever the brand is, but they're low carbo diet and it's you yes. wet yeah. versus and dry together. What do you think? Well, is you know, good? we love, we love wet food for cats because they don't, they're not big drinkers and the more liquid, the more moisture, the better for them. But um, with dieting in cats, if you truly need to get a, get weight off of an obese cat, the best thing to do is a prescription diet. So all those light diets that you can see at the store, even the premium ones, those are probably not going to help you a lot. They will help for maintenance later, but really losing that weight, it has to be a prescription diet. And, and your veterinarian will get you a prescription for it. You can order it online. You can get it delivered from Chewy's or any of the uh, prescription diet. Well, now, now I'm going to say the names, but I won't do that. But any of those um, really premium brands have prescription diets that your veterinarian has to, has to prescribe. And they do work. They really do. Okay, trick I- is for a big household like yours that how do you get the other cats not to eat it so um that's that's the hard part <laughs> well yes that is and and one used to tear up the dog food and eat the dog food but he's gotten older now so he stopped that oh that's it's, funny usually the dogs eat the cat food because cat food is has so much fat in it usually dogs are very much um they're drawn to cat food well they do they like the dogs like the cat food like they like to the lick the spoon thing, you know, once when they're fed in the morning, it's like a treat for their older one. But yeah, the yeah. the cat yeah, Dennis used to rip open the dog food and funny. Yeah. It's oh he's if you're on the couch and you're having dinner and it's something he wants, he's right next to you with his paw out. I yeah. should I should definitely do a video of it one of these days because you it's definitely hysterical. Should. Yeah, you should. It's hysterical. <laughs> That's excellent. Okay. I lied. I have one more question. I think this will be a quick one. If you could tell 
you know, if there's one thing you wish all pet parents, especially us cat parents, would do, would, you know, do a better job of as, you know, with your background and, you know, your veterinary experience and all that, what would you tell them? Oh, hands down, enrichment. Spend more time with your cat or your dog or anything, especially cats, though. Critically important not to just plug and play. Get a cat or two because you don't have time for a dog, you know. Enrich their lives. You are their whole world. So that will keep them healthier. It'll keep you healthier. We know people with animals are much healthier than people without and have better self-esteem. I think they're just better people. But um, I think enrichment is the number one thing. Just keep that world vibrant and exciting for your pet. You may be and often are the only part of the world they get to enjoy. So make it as good as possible. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on Catitude and sharing your vast amount of knowledge. And where can we find your latest book and what is the complete title? It is the uh, National Geographic Complete Guide to Pet Health, Behavior, and Happiness. And I think it's on you know, the usual places on Amazon and bookstores and through National Geographic. Okay, wonderful. What a great show and what great information on some insight on how to understand your cat better. I loved it. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Gary Weitzman, for coming on Catitude. Thanks to everyone that is listening out there. Thanks for listening to Catitude. I appreciate it so much. Thanks to my cat crew, Sammy and Jethro and Dennis, Molly and Charlotte. And a special huge thanks to Mark Winter, my producer, who makes me and my guest sound amazing. Now keep listening. We have more great shows coming up. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.